Hi, I'm Daniel Budai, and this is the Ecom Show, a podcast where you can learn more about the world of high-performing e-commerce players and marketers. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. Let's grow your e-commerce business together. Hey everyone, here is Daniel Budai with the next episode of the Ecom show and we are also on a Facebook live stream and it's my pleasure to have uh, Kevin um, Urutia. Um, yep. Is it the right pronunciation? Yeah, okay. yeah Kevin Urutia, yeah. Yeah, so he's, uh, he's with us today and um, he built uh, several businesses uh, with the help of digital marketing. Um, a service business in New York, uh, which offers uh, cleaning services, a marketing agency, uh, Voy Media, working with uh, businesses uh, from Shark Tank and many, many reputed uh, brands. And finally, he has a, uh, a luggage brand. I think we can call it a luggage brand, um, Chester, uh, Chester Travels. And um, yeah, so he healed, uh, he, he built these businesses and they are all seven figure. Um, and I think that's already quite interesting. And um, Kevin, it's nice to have you here. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Daniel. Super excited to be here. So before we jump into the nitty gritty, I know that your background is in, in, in Silicon Valley. So um just please tell us more about your experience in the valley. Actually, I'm also planning to live there at least for a few months uh, nice. next year. So I'm just curious what's your thoughts about that environment? Oh, I love it there. Uh, if you're going to live there, I definitely recommend going to like Palo Alto or like Mountain View. It's it's more like, it's more calm. It's like not as much as a city, but it's also just mm-hmm. like really peaceful and, and a lot of people yeah. there, and a lot of great coffee shops. But I was living in San Francisco, so which is like the city um, but for me, it was interesting because I grew up in New York City. And for me, New York City is like the city. But then when I went out to California, I'm like, oh, my God, the city is so big. I'm just like, this is like nothing like New York City. But it was just like a different perspective uh, uh, because like people are never used to New York City. But uh, when I went to Silicon Valley, I loved it there. Uh, the reason why I loved it, because at that time, I was really big into programming, uh, really big into like making iPhone apps. Um, telling you, Daniel, I had my own web development agency in, uh, Cal- in uh, Binghamton when I was mm-hmm. in college. But when I was in New York City and I was doing programming and all this like web design, at that time, this was maybe seven, eight years ago, it wasn't mm-hmm. as big as it is now. So New York City had a much smaller community of that. So when I was telling people, hey, I really want to do this, everybody's like, what, what does this thing mean? Like, why, right? It's like when people are not into that space, they just don't understand why you're doing it. Like when I was like programming on weekends, programming at nights, working on stuff, no one got what that meant. And I was like, but what I was reading on like TechCrunch, Silicon Valley, all those sort of websites yeah. was that if like everybody, every programmers in, in Silicon Valley, you need to go there. And after college, I went there and did exactly like what I read. Like everybody is in that space. Everybody's talking mm-hmm. about it, talking about tech programming, going to the coffee shop to work was like normal. So then you felt like a part of that. Um, mm-hmm. So that was awesome. And, and I loved that at that time. And it, it, I told people I loved it, but then after like three or four years of like constant that, you're kind of like, well, like I need to like relax. I need to like not be here because yeah. it's just like so much. It's like you could like you literally go to breakfast and someone's talking about like the latest tech thing. You're and then like 
you're like, oh my God, I can't think about tech anymore. It's <laughs> just like all the time. But I, I loved it there and I Silicon Valley is so special. And uh, I think people should visit there, especially if like, like with anything, if, if there's a community of people that are in that space that you want to be in, go yeah. there because then that's sort of what you do. It's sort of like why people join like Facebook groups or online groups because you want that sort of community of, they understand what you're posting. And I think that's so unique. And if you get a chance to do it, uh, I tell people mm -hmm. to go do it. Yeah, yeah, that's great advice. And uh, how about New York? So now you are you are more in the marketing space. And uh, if you compare the two areas, tech and marketing, and the two cities, what yeah. are the pros and cons? I think so. This is an interesting question because I I grew up in tech, and and when I was programming early on, I was very into the mindset of like, hey, if you build a good product, people will automatically find your stuff. Back then. Um, Dropbox first came out and everything, everything back then was like, kind of like the, the mantra was like, Hey, if you have some great product, people will just find you. And mm -hmm. I never believed into, I never believed in marketing because I was like saying, Hey, if I make something good, people are just going to find me automatically, which is yeah. completely wrong thinking. And I was just like, but that's what I read. And that's sort of what I believed in. And at the time that's sort of like, you're like, Oh yeah, I don't need to do a little marketing. And, or you thought of marketing as this thing that like was evil, right? Like, Oh, like only marketers. Basically my mentality was back then was, Hey, if your product sucks, then you need marketing versus like, Hey, if you have a good product, people just find, right. You probably heard that like thing, but mm -hmm. as you sort of like, as I sort of learned more, I realized, and the reason why I say this is because I was building stuff all the time. I was like, yeah. I made like a, Doc subscription box. I was trying to do a lashes company. I was trying to do a meal subscription company. I was doing a flower delivery company. I kept building stuff and like it never got traction. And then I was just like, why? I was like, my products are not that bad. I was like, I think they're pretty good. Like they're designed pretty well. And then I, that's when I realized, oh, there's, there's actually this thing called marketing. But what I realized, because being in Silicon Valley and being the tech, I would read stuff on like TechCrunch and I would know the companies personally. And I was just like, I know that's not what they're doing because I know like the founders that people work there. And then you realize that like what people are saying outside versus what they're doing is kind of very different. I think it's, I think back then it's very sexy to say, Oh, we just grew by word of mouth, but that's like not true at all. Like you're realizing <laughs> these big, yeah, I think like, I was just like, I know they have like five marketers in the company because like, I got to the dinner with them. <laughs> so like, I'm yeah. just like, but what they're seeing out loud is very different than saying. Um, mm. I think, I think a great example is Slack, right? So everybody knows Slack. Mm -hmm. um, everybody's like, oh my God, Slack's such a great company. Like it just grew organically. But then if you look at their team, like they have like over 40 marketers that just like market the brand, right? But mm -hmm. people think it's like this organic product, but I'm saying like great marketing and great product makes it feel like it's not marketing, which is sort of where you want to be as a yeah. marketer and as a product person. But uh, that's sort of like some of the shifts I've, I've had through time because a lot of it was like when you're in the outsider, you don't, you just believe it. But when you're inside and you're like looking at it, like, wait, like that's not what's really happening. Like, so that opened up my eyes. I was like, whoa, like this is crazy. But like, and then that really shows you marketing, which is just storytelling, right? The story that people are told, they believe that. And then that itself is also marketing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you think that marketing and product development is closer to each other than ever before? Is that oh, a yeah. trend idea? Oh yeah, it's so much closer than ever before. Before it wasn't because and the reason why I say that was I th before like if you had a really good product, for example, um, I'll just name a random product like email, e cold email, right? Like remember back then there was only a few tools that did cold email. Now uh, every tool, there's like building a cold email with Gmail integration is so easy. Um, yeah. There's hundreds of like cold email tools 
So now it's not about the product anymore. It's really about how do you market that product? And I think that is where the shift is going. And that's why I see all these sites. You probably know like G2.com, right? It's like a, basically a business to business software review site um, where there's so many of these products now. Like how do you distinguish it? Um, like softwarereviews.com. So I tell yeah. people now, like five years ago, building a cool product was it because there's no competition. But people can program now. Like everybody can program now. It's like not as hard as, as it used to be. There's so many boot camps, academies, uh, colleges that teach you. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm seeing it now where it's like marketing and product development are much closely tied together. And it's going back to the olden days of where everything's a commodity, like building a tool, like storage hosting, um, a writer, anything is really a commoditized product, kind of like a food item that you eat, but then it's marketing that makes you sell it. Like why should you yeah. want oat milk versus regular milk? It's just marketing. It's like, Hey, look at all these bad things about regular milk versus oat milk. Um, so it's kind of, uh, uh what I see in SaaS software now. And you probably mm-hmm. see it too with like, think about MailChimp, like how many email yeah. competitors now to MailChimp. And I think the best yeah. example people, people say with this is, look up like MailChimp versus, you know, and you'll see like a drop down on Google of like every competitor uh, that exists now, because uh, yeah. that's a great way to think about marketing too, is, is uh, like uh, co- uh, comparison charts are always great to say like, Hey, this is why they suck. This is why we're better. Um, but you're always just, you're just actually just depositioning them. So, but yeah, I think if you type in something uh, into <laughs> Google, like MailChimp, and yeah. then you can see the Google ads on the top, like, are you bored? Uh, yeah. of MailChimp or are you yeah. bored of, I don't know, are you annoyed by something and yeah. they just yeah. play on, on the, exactly, you know, the yeah. name of the competitor. It's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then that's the thing that happens. Like when you have a bigger brand such as MailChimp, like that keyword itself probably generates volume. So then if you're going to like Google AdWords, you just put that as like your backend keyword and you'll, you can sort of like, at, we call it like brand track, brand traffic stealing where basically like, you know that they're looking for this product. So there's a few things for you as a marketer is like, you know, they're educated, you know, they're looking for a, a, a product. So now it's for you. It's like, Hey, not just jump in. Um, you can't use that key. The, I think their brand name in like your ad, because I think that's a like, mm-hmm. copyright, but you can put it in your back end and Google allows that. So yeah. um, that's a great way to sort of like mm-hmm. just steal branded traffic. Yeah. 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 Actually, that's a very good uh, way to do this. And, yeah, so let's dive into e-commerce. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Please tell us more about your brand. Uh, last time when we talked, I told you it really reminded me the um, uh, what's the name? Samsonite, I think. Oh, yep. It's a Swiss brand, or they position themselves like a Swiss luggage brand. Um, and yeah, it reminded because it's it it seems to be like a high-end luggage uh, brand, and you sell only luggages, so. How many products do you have? Not too many. Ten. Uh, so for the luggages, uh, colors. So we have three luggage sizes. The company is called Chester. So we have three luggage sizes: um, the carry-on, the medium one, and like the larger one. And really, for Chester, uh, exactly what you said. It's we want. We saw Samsonite, Tumi, really high-end companies selling luggage for like one thousand or two thousand. And at that time, this is what maybe again three, four years ago, we started the company. We mm-hmm. were really big into selling on Amazon. But on Amazon, we saw that these high-end companies were not selling on there. And the reason why, is many reasons why back then, uh, like Samsonite, Tumi, for example, just like those are just competitors. There's tons of tons of other ones. Um, but they were saw themselves as premium. So they didn't want to be an Amazon. Amazon at that time was seen like, hey, like it's not really a premium place to be on Amazon. But obviously that's ch- shifted as time has changed. In the US here at least, almost 
every brand is on Amazon now because Amazon yeah. has just done such a great job of saying like, like you need to be on our platform or else you're not getting any sales. Um, so every brand now is on Amazon. So for us, we saw that back then. We're like, oh, like people are looking for products um, and luggage is the thing that they're looking for because there's so much volume. Again, I tell people like yeah. keyword research on Google shows you volume and you realize like this product, I'm like, even for me, when I first saw it, I was like, whoa, luggages get that many searches a month. I was like, that's crazy because I don't, I haven't thought about buying a luggage in forever, but then I was just like, okay, let's try it. Uh, and then that's really where we saw uh, growth. Um, but going there, that's sort of kind of how we started at Chester. And, and I tell people the first year of us starting it, we were just selling the carry on because, uh, which is a smaller one. The reason why is because that's kind of like easier to make. But at the same mm -hmm. time, we just didn't—we just didn't have any money. We're just like, we're just, we just couldn't afford to make the other sizes because it's pretty expensive yeah. to make a luggage. And then we're just like, hey, let's test this proof of concept and see if it works or not. Uh, and, and eventually, it did. And then just maybe like six, eight months ago, last year, sorry, uh, we we became with other sizes because we were getting that, and then we started selling with bundles. Um, so mm -hmm. we were able to save some money that way. Uh, but it took us a while to get the other ones. And then people yeah. were like emailing us saying, hey, you have other sizes? It was like. We want to, but we just like can't afford to make them right now. We're just a bootstrap company. So yeah, yeah. nice. It's a nice story. And how did you start the the growth from at the beginning in the first one year, let's say? So, like I said, a lot of it was driven heavily by Amazon. We put our stuff on there, and we we saw traction. Amazon has really good Amazon ads service where you can put in uh, keywords essentially, and we mm -hmm. saw a lot of great traction on there. But again. Uh, we started, um, we, we knew, we knew Amazon FBA experience. So, cause we had another outdoor gear company that we were using at Amazon. So we learned a lot. We knew how to set up all the email campaigns for Amazon. We, mm -hmm. we knew how to make the images stand out. Um, if you go to like the Chester, uh, listing, we knew how to optimize the listing. So a lot of stuff was like from previous experience. And I think, mm -hmm. I, I think I always tell people like sometimes the first company that you do, uh, for example, might not work out, but that's okay because you're learning what not to yeah, do for yeah. the next one. And Chester was a great sort of like, after many failed things, we knew how to start up. And I think it's sort of that mentality that uh, founders, entrepreneurs need to go with. Um, so another thing too, that was really helpful back then, because um, obviously with, when you're selling any product online, you need to get reviews. I think reviews probably the number one thing that you might need on a new product. Amazon has this like Amazon earlier early review program. So basically, uh, Amazon will basically go to their network of verified reviews and say, hey, look, this new company came with a product. Do you want to review it? And they'll pay them 60 bucks or whatever. We'll pay them 60 bucks for an honest review. And that was helpful in the beginning because you can get up to five a month, the first month. Mm -hmm. And then we got those and that really helped start it. Um, yeah. And after and after that, what we did was we did a lot of influencer outreach. So we reached out to celebrities on Instagram. So if you look at Instagram, we have worked with a lot of models. And the reason mm -hmm. why for this is I knew from marketing and some sort of working with other campaigns was that this doesn't really drive ROI at all. It's like almost like non-existent ROI. But what's good about it is that it drives awareness and people see other like celebrities. It's more like branding essentially, right? Where you know you're not going to get it, but it's like, hey, look, these celebrities are, are, are posing with it. It's kind, it must be kind of good, right? So it's a great luggage, yeah. but it's more of like that part. And again, it's also great content for you to use on your ads and also for your website. Um, so that's, we still do this right now because it's just like, it's just, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like we, yeah. So we posted a lot of celebrities, and uh, that's a great strategy. Another one too was, is because 
a lot of customers follow those celebrities and those customers are the ones that then say, oh, this is a cool product, let me check it out. So if you look at it like pink, it's probably, we post a pink one a lot because that's probably like the one that we get asked about the most. That yeah. like a lot of females uh, love the pink one. So we, we get work with a lot of female influencers um, where we know the influencers aren't gonna drive traffic, but it's more of like, they kind of will look at it and then we'll repost it and it's like, oh, that's cool. Um, and then another one too is just reviews, reaching out to bloggers. Uh, we did that for my outdoor gear company. We did that for mm-hmm. Chester straight up in the beginning, reaching out to reviewers saying, um, and then it's pretty simple how to get reviewers. You just Google like Chester, uh, sorry, not Chester, uh, uh, travel, travel luggage reviews. And then you compile the list like the top 50. And then it's a game of emailing them. There's no secret sauce. Just email them say, Hey, look, I have a luggage rent. Would you, are you interested in reviewing it? And then they like, you sort of do like a back, back and forth and it's like, Hey, cool. Like, let me know. And I, I'm, I honestly love this review strategy. Uh, and the reason, the reason why for it is because when you're proactively reaching out to somebody and you asking them for review, they'll say, okay, cool. Let's, let me give it a shot. Right. If they like it, they'll review it. But if they don't like it, they'll be like, Hey, Kevin, sorry. I didn't really like your luggage. I'm not going to write about it. I'm like, okay, great. Because what happens if, if you don't do the proactive outreach and they purchased it with their own money, they'll write about it because they're upset. So yeah, if they yeah. got it for free, they're like, oh, I just, I just won't write about it, right? Because they don't want to like make you mad. It's kind of like that marketing reciprocity where it's like, hey, like, okay, like, I'm like, oh, great, thanks. Sorry, it didn't work out well. Like, let me know how I can help. Versus, I would tell people it's always better uh, than if a reviewer purchase your stuff with their own money because then they're going to be upset and post it everywhere. So it's yeah. better to be proactive in the beginning. Yeah. Wow. It sounds like you were very, you used very organic, organic approach about the growth at the beginning. So you didn't pay, you, you didn't, didn't pay for Facebook ads, Google ads, YouTube ads, and none no. of these. No, no. So like for me, I'm really big into like organic growth because I think that really shows you if you have a business. And I think, of course, I obviously I run Boy Media, which is funny because I do Facebook ads. But for for me, all the companies I've built, I know if you can get organic growth, that will help with your other stuff. Where I think a lot of founders are just focused on a paid because it's such a quick way to get traffic, and yeah. I get it. But and scaling, yeah. But I think if you can slowly grow your business, be profitable, and then you can go to other channels. Um, I love organic stuff. I, I think my that's how I grew my main company through organic stuff, um, and. I think or slow and steady is the best. Like too many companies I've seen firsthand just like pay tons of money on Facebook ads and then they're like, oh, whoa, this is crazy. And then like, like oh, that we, we need to develop an organic strategy. I'm like, you should have been doing that for like past two years. Like organic takes a long time. So, uh, but yeah, that's yeah. Like where I think about it. Yeah, let's talk about Facebook ads and, and your agency. So what Boy Media uh, does exactly? Tell us more. Yeah, and so who, Boy- who you work with. So yeah, so Boy Media came out of really us starting all like e-commerce companies. So obviously we have Chester with my cleaning company and then Wilson, who's my partner, he also had an outdoor gear company and he also had like another uh, a company for Amazon too that would sell like massage balls. Uh, so for us, it came out of this sort of like pure e-commerce experience. And again, Wilson also, uh, Wilson actually also lived with me in Silicon Valley. So we were all, we've been friends for a long time and uh, he yeah. used to work at Google and he used to work at Salesforce. So he was also a designer. So that's kind of where we worked in like tech stuff together because I was a programmer and he was a designer. So we would both do like, we would we would have like different things to, and we would always work together that way. Um, so for us, it was kind of um, of us like building stuff and we're like, oh, like we worked with some other agencies and we thought, hey, like we have a unique perspective that we can bring on. We both have done e-commerce. 
we both come from a tech background and we both have some companies that are still running and or working. And again, too, it's like we just knew manufacturing because we've been to China a few times. So we can sort of, we in the beginning, where we thought we we're going to like help all these companies do all this stuff, right? Because like when yeah. you're starting, you're like, oh yeah, I want to help, help you guys do everything else. And then we realized that like, a lot of companies just didn't want the help that way either it's because we either pitched it wrong or they just like were like oh i know how to do it myself so i was like all right cool so then we sort of really shifted towards just the facebook ads because that's sort of where people wanted the most help so um we tried to help companies with like sourcing and stuff because we knew a lot of people but they're like no i know how to do sourcing myself i was like oh all right like i i'm looking at your cogs they're pretty expensive and i know like a supplier that's gonna get you for cheap but it was like really weird sometimes they're just like no you guys don't know i'm like i know i know but okay uh, but I think it's just the way we presented it, it was probably bad. Uh, so then we really focused on Facebook ads and Facebook Facebook marketing. Um, and this was really what we did for about a good year and a half, two years, just purely Facebook ads. Um, mm -hmm. And really we were helping e-commerce founders, any, anybody in the beginning, like, hey, you have a business, let's work. Of course, it was just me and Wilson running the company. And I like anything, it's like, we're like, okay, you have a lead, let's, let's try to close them and try to figure out how we can help them, right? And then as we sort of shifted, and we saw Facebook changing. I tell people all the time, Facebook's changing a lot. Um, Facebook marketing, I think, has gotten a lot easier, which is great for uh, businesses because everything's kind of like automated now. Um, you kind of like CBO campaigns. Facebook's like, hey, I'll just shoot you the budget automatically. And when that came out, uh, that was interesting because we were using tools that would do that like programmatically. And I think Facebook saw all these like tools doing it, and then they just developed it into their own sort of feature. <laughs> so it's always yeah. like. It's always like this interesting uh, segment between like uh, platforms like Facebook or Google and like marketing tech that's built on top. Because if, if Google or Facebook sees like a tool that's automating a lot, they're just going to copy it because they're like, hey, like this is our platform, right? It's like yeah. they're using our APIs, right? So yeah, it, yeah. It's, a, it's a very interesting sort of like segment to be in. Um, and we saw that with CBL happening. And we're seeing this a lot now too with um, like creatives being made automatically by Facebook. Uh, remember, like, there's so many of these tools now that did that before and Facebook's like, oh, it's like a pretty cool feature. Like now we can have templates and it's like, oh, okay, like these tools are just like getting killed. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. But anyway, so now really with Boy Media now, we're focusing a lot on the media buying, which is the Facebook ads. Our team has grown. We're about like 25 people now, much bigger than we were before. But a lot of it, what has really focused and really changed for us is the creative side now. So we really focus on the creatives that we're making for a brand that's videos images photo shoots video shoots ugc content that's the big thing that now we're mm -hmm. seeing to make the biggest differences in driving yeah. roi or like uh sales for companies um so really this goes back to sort of me how i'm thinking about the future i tell businesses that i work with like it's great they have a product and now now that's kind of like everybody has a great product what you need to what you need to do now is become like a media company where you're producing content and videos and images for your brand, because now that's what's going to distinguish you. Having great storylines, having great script writers on your team, such as the best brands that you probably see right now are like pretty funny brands. So I tell people like, maybe it's worth hiring a comedian. Comedians are pretty cheap. They're always looking for money. So hire somebody to make you some stuff, right? And uh, so I tell people like, you might want to become like, I'm seeing this shift of like, you need to be a media company that produces content and images and visual stories. So, and I tell people like, this is why companies like, Obviously, this not it's not a fair comparison, but like companies like Nike, right? Why they're so good because their visuals and their stuff is so good. They partner with the best people. Uh, they have great commercials. They have a great storyline. Um, so that's kind of where I'm thinking. Like a lot of these brands need to go to, and maybe not to the extreme because 
you can find a lot of good content creators for, for cheap nowadays because yeah. everybody, everybody, like I tell people like, if you're looking for cheap people, just go to TikTok. There's a lot of young people that are there that are very creative. And I look at that, I'm just like, whoa, like this is so crazy. Like this is pretty interesting, like how they're like very creative here. So uh, if you're a brand, I would definitely say go to TikTok and find people and just pay them some money. So uh, I think that's- Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, and as you said, uh, ma many or most skills are commoditized now, so yeah. everyone can be taught. And if the if the leader or founder of the brand has the vision and he or she can communicate it uh, well to the right people, yep. the right creative people, that's that's a huge advantage. And probably it's worth more than the technical knowledge of ads and and, yep. and platforms. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, the creative. I think like being creative is probably a great skill nowadays where before if you're creative like you didn't really know how to make money where now mm -hmm. i'm just seeing like we're hiring like script writers copywriters writers uh people that are just like really good at these like skills that you never thought were good and even for media buy i'm just like it's not that hard to learn the platform it's like facebook's making it so easy and that's great but then like you need to sort of figure out like okay what's going to distinguish us now yeah 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 um, what do you think about TikTok, by the way? Have you tried TikTok ads and the platform itself or, yes. or for any growth content marketing? Yeah, so we tried TikTok. So we work with like, uh, so we work with Lacoste, which is like the, the, the clothing company and we do all their marketing for like USA and Canada and we're managing some of their campaigns and we were doing TikTok for them. And TikTok's pretty interesting because obviously with like, there's like some, like their pixel, I think is needs to get a little bit better. They don't have like events, like Facebook has like events. They have like just like URL triggers where you like have like a URL, like slash purchase. And then it's like, okay, I'll detect the purchase, which is okay. But I think for me, my mentality was like, hey, look, like, why is it like that? Like people are so used to Facebook's pixel. Why don't you just copy their stuff instead of making it like a different sort of thing to learn, right? For me, it's like, hey, if you want adoption, just make it what people are used to. Um, Another thing that was really weird about their platform too was, um, mm. you know how like with any pixel and you put the pixel on for Facebook, you can then retarget people. And even if they haven't seen your ads with TikTok, you can only retarget people that have been driven by your campaigns to that pixel. So it wasn't like, um, like, hey, let's say you have organic visitors to your website. You can't use TikTok to retarget your organic visitors. It was more of just like if your if your ad has driven someone to your website, then you can retarget that person, which oh, is really? yeah, which is like I it's just weird, but I can yeah. see both sides because now you know that the retargeting is truly from TikTok, right? But like yeah. even then, you're but even then it goes back to that notion of like this isn't what people are used to, right? Like why are you making it like slightly different? Um, so that's kind of like interesting there. Yeah, that's quite interesting, and I think today by today facebook ads became a standard like people compare other platforms to facebook ads even exactly google many times yeah. Yeah, yeah even google even even google was just like whoa facebook's like beating us in like all this stuff like and they're <laughs> they're coming out with like their own stuff too which is great um this is why like going back to just like general like advertising like it's great that we have facebook and google but it's like those are only two competitors like you need more competition to make it better for marketers such as us to to get yeah. new tools to get more advantages like think about i tell people like think about google ads back then it was kind of like the standard but then when facebook came out it was like whoa like they really innovated and then facebook and then facebook and then google was like okay we gotta like innovate too but it's, it's like crazy because like 
what was stopping you, right? Was it because they just knew they had like a monopoly essentially, right? So mm -hmm. it's like, when you, you know, when yeah. you have a monopoly, you don't, you don't really think about uh, innovating, which is why I think monopolies are dangerous. But people call it now like yeah. duopoly, which is like Facebook and Google dominate like 80% <laughs> of marketing, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, also I wanted to, to ask you about uh, Amazon. I don't know much about it. Um, our team, our agency, we rather work with guys who started out with Facebook ads or Google ads, even content marketing, and they just scale it up to a certain level and they need more things like uh, SMS marketing, messenger, loyalty programs, and they start branding. So this is the 90% of our clients. But how about Amazon? Because uh, I don't know many brands who started out there and who should start out there, not, not with Facebook ads. And uh, if someone started out with Facebook ads, let's say, then when they should consider Amazon? Yeah, so Amazon is Amazon has great Amazon ads platform. It's interesting because we were talking about like Duopoly. A lot of people, are, Amazon is actually making a really good comeback, uh, not a comeback, but Amazon is really making great advantage to like dominate this like Amazon uh, ads sort of marketing space too. Um, but I think for Amazon ads, as you can see with their platform there, if you have been in there, like five years ago, it's very basic. Like you could just do keywords, but now they're adding a lot of like automatic bidding, a lot of automatic bidding, a lot of target bidding, a lot of like exact match, kind of like Google ads. And they're making it really, really powerful. They just added like video ads recently too. So Amazon, mm -hmm. I mean, you probably know Amazon. Amazon sees every competitor and they're like, okay, let's make, Amazon has no shame in copying. <laughs> like, like where some brands are like, oh, we won't copy. Amazon's like, oh, this is working well for them. Okay, let's make it too. So they added mm -hmm. videos because videos are so powerful. It goes back to like what we're saying with content creation. Videos are just super powerful. And I think something that Amazon might change is right now when you're bidding on Amazon, you're sort of doing an Amazon ad, you can't really do an image. It's kind of just like your text listing. So I think maybe there's a shift that where like you can add like an image. They kind of have like the banner ads on top a little bit that you can do images on, but nothing too crazy. Um, I think if you want to do on Amazon, if you're spending a good amount of money on Facebook, let's say any between 20, 10 to 20K plus, I think you should at least be considering Amazon. And the reason why I say that is because when people see your product, especially if it's like a, a e-commerce product in the US, they're gonna go and search for that name on Amazon because Amazon, people just have two day shipping and Prime is such a great thing. And you'll see it in the comments too. Like, oh, is this on Amazon? Cause I have Prime. Even if your website has free shipping, like people just are so attached to this like Prime thing that Amazon has like made you like be in love with. Like, oh, Prime, 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 one day shipping, two day yeah. shipping. So yeah. It's like crazy. Yeah. So I think if you're spending any good amount of money, people are going to expect your product to be on Amazon unless your direction is saying like, look, our value play is that we're not on Amazon. And, and it could be because Amazon also pretty expensive. So like if you're listing on Amazon, they take about maybe 25 to 30% of your sales. Um, so, it, so you can sort of, it's sort of like depending on how you want to market yourself and stuff like that. Yeah. The product, mar uh, the profit margins are probably less, right? Than, yeah. Uh having your own branded Shopify store, for example. Less, and then also you don't get any of this customer data that you can use for like kind of what you said before, the retention marketing, SMS marketing, yeah. which is like yeah. the, which is like interesting because if you have like a one product store, then not from like one product buy, then you're really like hoping your CAC or cost of acquisition is pretty low in order to make money. Whereas let's say you're selling something that's recurring, you're okay if you can spend a little bit more because you know that um, you can get the rebilling and that's where you make money. So Amazon's kind of great for rebilling as well if you have that mm -hmm. uh, feature.
Yeah. Um, and uh, what would you recommend to those guys who have an e-commerce store, e-commerce store, and they have only one product or, or two, three products? What they should do uh, after after you know people purchase that one product? Um, I just talked with a company today in the morning. They were from Australia and they have one hero product which makes around seven, eight hundred k a month, and uh, they have other products, but the whole company makes around 1 million per month yeah. uh, in the US and Australia and and uh, they are just struggling to sell other products and get out of this one product yeah. Brand, basically yeah i think i think that's sort of something that we struggle too because if you think about chester chester is like a one essentially one product company right it's like we have the luggage but then we also have like the two other sizes and yeah, people buy the carry-on, which is like kind of what you said, like almost 80% of sales. And then everything else is kind of like nice that they might buy. Yeah. Um, so this is something that I think a lot of companies struggle with. And, and it's something that it's similar to like when I was thinking about Chester, I never thought about this. But as like I've like done it, I'm like, okay, this is actually like a thing I need to think about. So I'm actually working on another company now that sort of solves this thing because I'm like, I saw this. But the way I would think about it is, is this is sort of what I'm doing is what is a recurring component of your product? that you can excel and that could be a digital or online thing, right? So for Chester, mm -hmm. for example, some stuff that we're thinking about is yes, you're buying a luggage. Now think about that space. There's so much things around that space that you can build that could be a digital component that's recurring, such as uh, we're thinking about building like um, maybe like a course on how to travel cheaply, right? People mm -hmm. want to love traveling. Yeah. Um, so uh, like there's a lot of these bloggers that talk about um, how to travel with like $100, how to travel with like $1,000, how to how to visit 10 countries in like a month, right? There's all this like content out there that you can package and sell it. And you don't even have to make it. Just go to YouTube, find the people that are selling it. They're just saying it for free and say, hey, look, can you package this into content? And then you make it a recurring thing where you're mm -hmm. getting it, right? So I, I always tell people to think about that space like that your sort of e-commerce product lies in. Um, and that's kind of what we're thinking about. Like another thing is like, you can think of a service, right? Uh, like how to... Um, like for we're in the luggage space, travel, right? Uh, maybe a service that says like, hey, we'll, every month we'll send you for 20 bucks, we'll send you the cheapest flights to whatever country that you type in. And then you, you can provide that sort of service with code, right? Then you search for like Google flights and you sort of like automatically compile things for them. So I always tell the way you the way we think about it is like, think about, uh, try to get out of your space a little bit and see like, what is the big thing that the customers want? And then sort of maybe yeah. make some sort of recurring thing. And I think that's where it comes in. It's like, sell them the digital product as your upfront, I think, but then you know you want to make your money with like some sort of digital stuff. Uh, for example, um, for an outdoor gear company, we saw like poles, trekking poles. So we we made like a little uh, walking course and a walking book that would sell mm -hmm. them after the fact. So think about yeah. stuff like that. And I tell people like digital is always better because once you make it once, then you don't have to you don't you're not charging for it again. Uh, whereas it was physical, it's like a raw cost every time. Yeah, that's very smart. So. Basically, you have an audience already and you just try to sell connected things and it doesn't have to be a physical product. It can be a service, info product or, or, or other offers, maybe affiliate stuff even. Um, yep. Yeah, I think that's, that's a great idea. And the other thing is uh, referral programs, loyalty programs, yep. because people won't buy another luxury luggage one month later but they might refer this to their friends 
and if they have the purchase power, I guess they're friends as well. So referral, referral programs are crucial for uh, one product stores in, in yep. my experience. So yeah, yeah referral, think- we, your referrals are so great. Yeah, I think it's probably one of the best things that you could do. And it's and we optimize for it too, like on the thank you checkouts and hey, thanks for buying. Like, did you know you could refer your friend, right? And then on the emails yeah. as well, which you probably know too, yeah. Yeah, what do you use, by the way, for these referrals and loyalty things? Because there are so many apps now. I yeah. think it's probably one of the most saturated app uh, marketing e-commerce, these loyalty referrals. Yeah. I, I can name like 10 just There's now. so many. I think we used yeah. one called like Loyalty Lion was a big one. Yeah. And then um, we used another one for, it was part of, uh, it was called like Woo's, Auto, Auto Woo or something like that for Chester. Where it's like, it basically, yeah, it's like, it's, it's basically one that had like five different features in it. And we're just like, all right, this looks cool. Like, let's use yeah. it. So, yeah. 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 I think loyalty line is very good. And Yotpo is the other one. Oh, I would yeah. With these yeah. two. They Yapo are is like, Yapo is like crazy expensive. It's a beast though. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. And they are buying up companies now like crazy. They bought Swell, yep. SMS Bump, and now they're just integrating everything with everything. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, Kevin, thanks for joining us today. And uh, is there anything that you want to, uh, you know, add to to this episode? And just as a good advice to ecom entrepreneurs in Q4. Oh yeah, so I think I think the biggest advice is kind of what we just like, kind of what we just talked about in the last bit was think about your product and how do you make it recurring. Uh, I think that is the biggest thing that we're seeing shift in anything that uh, we're working with clients and sort of like products are making the most money. Um, obviously, this is a reason why like consumables such as drinks or powders makes more money because like once you sort of hook them in, people are buying it. Like I remember the last time I bought like Lacroix, like I'm buying it every month now. But like, I'm like, this is such a great thing and you're consumables. But for Q4, I tell people, uh, just have everything ready. Um, when I say ready, I mean, just like have your emails ready, your promos ready, your discount codes ready. And really ideally just have it ready by like next month and then just have it all scheduled because what's gonna happen is stuff is gonna like go break down. Stuff's gonna have an issue. So as long as you're all planned ahead, it's good. And, the big, and then one last thing is, on these sort of big holidays, it's, I think it's really crucial for someone on the team to always be available. I know it sucks that it's the holidays, but um, mm-hmm. it's sort of yeah. what you got to do. It's like we've seen it before where we're working with some founders and like their stores go down. And then we're just like, hey, like your store is down. And they're like, oh, well, like I'm eating dinner. I'm like, okay, well, like it's like <laughs> it's your company. So like, I, I mean, I can't do anything. I'm like, it's another family member. Yeah, I'm yeah. just like, do you want to like make money or not, right? So I'm like, you gotta. It's, this is like the, this is like the crucial time. Like, it's the reason why it's called like Black Friday because this is when every e-commerce store makes the most money. So uh, I think the first quarter, one, two, and three, you're kind of relaxing. So like, put it into gear and let's get this, make this money in Q4. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that that was a great advice again. Um, yeah, I could see similar stuff like. <laughs> they don't they are not prepared enough and then something yeah. bad happens during christmas or thanksgiving yeah. and it's, it's but, uh, oh yeah we get angry be. text yeah like hey like well, i thought that i could do it. it's like you you weren't responding to me sorry <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 so uh kevin thanks for joining us today and uh if anyone wants to find you where they can find you and your businesses yeah so you can just go boymedia.com I'm also on Twitter, uh, twitter.com slash Danist. I, I, I love Twitter. So I like, I've been on Twitter for like 10 years already. It's so crazy. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. And then uh, that's pretty much, uh, those are the type of biggest spots. And or you just email me, Kevin at Boy Media. So that's another spot too. Great, great. So, um, yeah. So thanks again for today's uh, uh, live stream and podcast. And uh, every Thursday we are coming out with a new episode of the Ecom show in our podcast. And uh, check out our new episodes every week. Um, thanks for listening to us today. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Ecom Show podcast. If you want to learn more about e-commerce, retention marketing, check out our Facebook group called Top 3% E-commerce Email Marketing or check out our website, thebudaimedia.com. The show is brought to you by the team of Buday Media. See you in our next episode and don't forget our goal. Grow your e-commerce business together.